Welcome to Wizard Studies. Join us as we peruse all things Potter. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Audrey. And I'm Katie. And today we will be talking about the Elder Wand, the Resurrection Stone, and the Cloak of Invisibility, aka the Deathly Hallows, not the book, the three objects. And the story, a little bit. And the story. And theories related, but not Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Correct. I don't know if you remember, but like when we did our Tales of Beetle the Bard episode, we did not include the Deathly Hallows in that because we wanted to do a separate episode. So now we're doing that separate episode. Yay. Like six months later. Um, (laughs) Hey, we didn't say it was going to be right away. (laughs) So to start out this episode, I'm just going to quickly summarize the tale of the three brothers. And I feel like when I was summarizing this, like, I was just kind of, like, typing it from memory for the most part. And I feel like there's a couple, like, direct quotes that I typed in here just because I can, like, hear Emma Watson, like, narrating it. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, that scene, I I know we want to talk about this scene because I love (laughs) this scene. When are we going to talk about that scene? Should we talk about it now? We're going to talk about it right now. Yeah. It's happening. (laughs) This scene is probably the single... Okay, wait. I was going to say it's the single greatest part of the Deathly Hallows movies. It's tied for the single greatest part of the Deathly Hallows movies <laughs> with, what? with the Harry Hermione dance. Because you know okay. how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. I This scene is just, like, so gorgeous. I, like, specifically, there's not a lot of, like, Harry Potter first that I remember. Like, I know we've talked about this because, like, I was just so young, like, reading the books and watching the movies that a lot of it I don't remember what my reaction right. were. My, I vividly remember my reaction to watching, like, particularly this scene for the first time and coming out of the movie and being like, that scene was amazing and gorgeous and beautiful. And Emma Watson narrated so it, and it's so good. And I know this is, like, super morbid, but my favorite part is when the second brother hangs himself, and then you see, like, death, like, picking up the hangman's yes. noose, like, with his fingers. Like, and they like it zooms out to that like oh god it's just so it's so good it's so good no it's so good um it it just like and emma watson's voice is amazing and like just her reading to you like it's so soothing thinking of her reading to you and the visual of the cloak i really like Mm. the way it like kind of glistens yeah um i was like watching I think it was over Christmas or Thanksgiving. USA was having one of their Harry Potter marathons. And I was, like, watching all of them. And this scene came on. And, like, before I could say it, my brother was like, oh, the way they did this is just beautiful. And I was like, yes. I was like, I was like, this is why you are my brother. Um, um, fun fact. It's so good. Katie went to an art festival in downtown Raleigh this past summer and dropped $20 on a print of the three brothers in like the style of this scene came with a frame though it was like some of the best 20 that's like such a good deal my life and I'm I was meant to say this before but then we got distracted um I think a picture of that is gonna have to be our episode oh Um, yeah yeah social media picture I think that's great but yeah Um, the other thing the other thing I want to add related to the 
tale of the three brothers is that just recently um so i guess maybe rest less recently by the time this com- episode comes out but like just like last week at the time of recording they announced um the audiobook of the tales of beetle the bard uh and so three actors from the film series are going to be reading story um jason isaacs lucius malfoy will be reading the warlock's hairy heart um ivana lynch will be reading the fountain of fair fortune so that's luna lovegood and bonnie wright aka jenny weasley will be reading babbity rabbity and her cackling stump um and then jude law is going to be doing the uh he's going to be reading albus's notes Oh, Which is kind of cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's reading the other stories. I assume just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like a, I wonder if maybe they like haven't person? announced who's doing it yet or like whether it's going to yeah. be just like somebody Ugh. else. If they could just. Um, just take the audio. Oh, wait. From Deathly Oh, here it is. Noma Dumezwaini. I don't know that I'm saying that right. Who played Hermione, um, like the fir- grown-up the Hermione in The Cursed Child, is reading The Tale of the Three Brothers. Okay, I can dig that. I can dig that. And I guess that's all the stories. I think there's one more. There's one more. Which Shoot. one? Babbity Rabbity, Fountain, Deathly Hollows. Warlock's here. Oh, the, the pot. The wizard in the hopping pot. Yeah. I don't know who's... It's, it doesn't say. This is just a Time magazine I have article. not heard any of that. Um, yeah, I saw I saw the thing about the about Law. It was just, like, on Twitter. But, um... I didn't, I didn't actually click on the article until just now I, like, looked it up. And so I think that's really cool that they got other actors to do it. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that the Hermione from Cursed Child is doing it. It would yeah. be really cool if they just put Emma Watts's voice over <laughs> yeah I wonder like I don't know about this so I could be wrong but is I don't I don't think the whole like word for word is in the movie I think it's paraphrased oh it might be I yeah because it's, it's longer version, yeah because it's like pretty short right I could be wrong you're but. I think you might be right, but I would have to rewatch it. Yeah. Um. While we're, actually, never mind. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Getting uh, back to the summary that I never started. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, once upon a time at dawn, dusk. Which one? Because Hermione says one, and then Ron's like, "No, like mom always said." Mom always said midnight. Midnight. No, Hermione says twilight. Twilight. You're right. You're right. Um, three wizards or oh, three brothers. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Another thing about this scene is how, like, when that starts and then it like zooms out from the Lovegood's house, mm-hmm. like that's like really cool. It is really cool. Oh God, so <laughs> sorry. And how and when like Ron actually says that and is yeah. like, "Mom always said midnight scary or whatever," and Hermione's like, gives him the eyes. And then she just restarts. <laughs> okay, so three brothers travel down this road and they reach an impasse, which is a river that's like too wide to swim across and like too dangerous. Like they can- and everybody who tries to get across it dies. But these three brothers happen to be wizards, so they're like, 
psh, no big deal. They just like create a bridge magically, you know? And so Death is really disappointed that he didn't get to take the three brothers' lives because he's he's so used to taking everybody who tries to cross. Like he feels cheated. Um, he's like they he's mad that they didn't die. And so he decides to give them all three gifts of whatever they choose. The first brother, Antioch, or, well, I mean, at this point, we don't know their names. The first brother asks for an unbeatable wand. And so Death fashions one out of the elder tree that was nearby and, I guess, a thestral hair that was just laying on the ground. Just getting Sorry. into my section. <laughs> Sorry. And then the second brother... Uh, asks for a stone that can bring back a loved ones from the dead. And so Death, like, picks up a stone, like a pebble from the river. It's like, here you go. And the third brother asks for an invisibility cloak so that he can stay safe from Death. And so reluctant, reluctantly, Death, like, cuts off a part of his own cloak and gives it to the third brother. And the three brothers part ways after they cross this river. So the first brother ends up in, like, an inn or a tavern and is just, like, bragging about his wand that he's like unbeatable and he's like challenging people to duels and whatever and he's just being like super boastful about it and so one of the patrons at this like inner tavern or tavern or whatever decides to steal the wand and for good measure he killed the first brother the second brother his first or his love had just died recently and so he goes back to his house and like brings her back but she wasn't as lively she wasn't who she was before she died she's like this half version of herself and he just becomes so depressed that he can never actually be with her again he realized he can't be with her until he dies and so he kills himself so death took the second brother death looked for years and years far and wide for the third brother but never could find him until years later when the third brother passes the cloak down to his son and he greets death as an old friend and that's it. That's the story. Wow. Beautiful. Paraphrase. Thank you, Hermione. Sorry, not as good as Thank Emma Thank you, Watson. Emma. <laughs> Should have done the whole thing in a British accent. Oh, that could have been bad. <laughs> I think that I have a good British accent, but nobody seems to agree with me. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah. So that's the All story right. as we read it from Tales of Beetle the Bard, but that is surely not the end of its importance on the story and like what we learned from it and everything else that everything else that revolves around it. Right. So we know that this is not just a a fairy tale. They're actually these three objects actually do exist. Um, and it's kind of posited that this story like came up to explain their existence. So we're going to go through and talk about each of the objects um, individually and just what we know about them, some theories around them, the like. So first is the Elder Wand, which, of course, the first brother um, was the owner of. And that uh, the it's posited that the brothers that owned these and like created them or were the first to own them um, were the Peveril brothers. So the original owner of the elder wand was antioch peveril who was the eldest peveril brother and the elder wand has had many names throughout history um it's been called the wand of destiny the death stick and then another one that i really enjoy um and this is quoted from a pottermore or wizarding world article on it 
It's called, or the Dark Wizard God a lot called it, quote, my most mad, my most wicked and subtle friend with body of Elhorn who knows ways of magic most evil. End quote. It didn't catch on. <laughs> That's what the uh, Wizarding World said. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Elder Wand is probably the best way to sum it up. So it is called the Elder Wand because it is made from Elderwood. Also, it belonged to the eldest brother. True. I've actually never thought of that. Really? Yeah. Well, never. wordplay there. Yeah. I um, like it. I like it. So it's made from Elderwood and, as Katie said, Thestral Hair Core, and it's 15 inches long. It's long. Your point, yeah, it's like it's half an inch longer than my wand. I think it's 15 inches is the longest one we know about. Um, okay, wait, your point about the Thestral hair, though, I wonder if death, like, if we're to, you know, believe mm-hmm. the fable, death just, like, has Thestral hair on him because of the, like, association yeah, with death. the association with death. Interesting. Speaking of Thestral, just real quick diversion. I just watched a Super Carmen Brothers video. Shocker, right? And it was, like, talking about Thestrals, and it was talking about, like, how Thestrals work. Like, whether it's... And this is, like, very... This was very interesting to me. This is why I'm bringing it up. It was talking about how, like, whether the Thestrals do something different for, like, the person, mm-hmm. or if the person changes after they see death. You know what I mean? Like, I mean... Yeah. Personally, I feel like it's definitely something within the person. I like, always thought it was the person yeah, changing. Yeah, like, something changes, but I was just like, oh, that's very interesting. To, like, yeah, think about, like, the mechanics way. of how it works. Because you're always just like, oh, you see death, you see a Thestral. But it's yeah. kind of like, but, like, what cha- Like, I obviously, like, you're irreparably changed if, you like, you see death. But, like, how does that lead you? How does that change lead you to be able to... Just very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. As you know, Thestrals are my favorite magical creatures. True. So True. I will always talk about them. Um, okay, so... First, I'm going to talk about just, like, Elderwood in general. Um, so this is from Ollivander's writings on wand woods. So anytime I talk about, like, the Elder Wand in this paragraph, it's, like, not capitalized. Like, just, like, a wand made of Elder. Not necessarily the, the elder, elder Wand. Like, the Ohio State University. We're just talking about, like, right. Ohio <laughs> University. Right. <laughs> Naturally. Um, okay. So, the rarest wand would of all, and reputed to be deeply unlucky, the Elder Wand is trickier to master than any other. It contains powerful ma- magic, but scorns to remain with any owner who is not the superior of his or her company. It takes a remarkable wizard to keep the Elder, Lond for en- Elder Wand for any length of time. The old superstition, Wand of Elder, Never Prosper, has its basis in the sphere of the wand. But in fact, the superstition is baseless, and those foolish wand makers who refuse to work with Elder do so be, do so more because they doubt they will be able to sell their products than from fear of working with this wood. The truth is that only a highly unusual person will find their mat, perfect match in Elder, and on the rare occasion when such a pairing occurs, I take it as certain that the witch or wizard in question is marked out for a special destiny. An additional fact that I have unearthed during my long years of study is that the owners of Elder Wands almost always feel a powerful affinity for with those chosen by Rowan. So Rowan Wood Wands. Um, and I couldn't find... Uh, Rowan Wands are supposed to be like good at very good at duels, which I thought was interesting because like they, the owners are like people of 
the owners of elder wands get along with people that own rowan wands and elder wands we think about duel- dueling with the elder wand um and i couldn't find info on anyone who owns one in the series i don't know if it's just like not on the internet like not ready readily accessible but i'm pretty sure like i did some searching it doesn't seem like we know of anyone who has a rowan wand do we know anybody who has an elderwood wand besides the so i don't think so okay. um and I don't know that I don't think that you can get it on the Pottermore quiz or could I don't can you even take the wand quiz anymore yes okay I'm pretty sure you can't get it but I don't know let me know if you do anyone because you are rare you saying that that well so I was thinking that reminds me of what I was thinking about when I was reading that and like okay Dumbledore owned the elder wand for like however many 19, years like 19, 50 years 45 1945 till his death in 1997 yeah um and no one knew that it was his or like very few people knew that he had the elder wand right yeah but like we see in the wizarding world so many like methods of identification mm. are like with within the ministry are using like the wizard's wand so like if he ever had to be identified and they were like this is an elder wood wand with a thestral hair core wouldn't that have like outed him do you think he just avoided like having to go through that i think there's two possible answers one is i think that the deathly hallows were such as like fringe like conspiracy theory that i don't think it was like readily known oh right because like people think xenophilia's love good is like crazy for believing it right right Second, and they, it doesn't say in the story that it's that yeah yeah core. like i yeah. think the only reason we know that that is the what the elder one core is because like we know the elder one right because, like, we, we know, know it exists yeah. but a lot of people didn't think it would yeah. exist also yeah. i think dumbledore was like point. as big like a big enough deal at that point where nobody was gonna be like excuse me who the fuck are you you know what i mean yeah be like bitch i'm yeah. dumbledore yeah that's a good point Anyway, um, so then we don't know much, much about Thestral Hair Core because it's not one of the three cores that Ollivander uses, but JK on her old website, um, I found this in like, you know, like when you get to like pages on the internet that don't exist anymore and they're like archived oh, and they yeah, look yeah. so old. I found this. <laughs> I <love laughs> um, well, I found it on the wiki and then I like checked the, the source and yeah, it was took me there. Um, and so she said... Quote, I decided that the core of the Elder Wand is the tail hair of a Thestral, a powerful and tricky substance that can be mastered only by a witch or wizard capable of facing death. Um, And I'll get to this later in the segment, I guess, when I talk about Harry winning the Elder Wand. But, like, Harry was capable of facing death, right? Like, and he was able to master the Elder Wand. Um, And, like, the stuff within the wood about like him being rare and like a special destiny like all of that stuff like goes along with harry okay so back to the history basically it just has a long and bloody history you can like kind of get into the weeds on this um but i'm not going to go too in depth the only known owners have been men or wizards um no witches have claimed to own the elder wand so 
I think that's what Dumbledore says in his notes to the um, Tales of Beetle the Bard. And it's kind of like, take that as you will. Like, does that mean no witches have owned it? Or does that mean they just have been smart enough to not boast about it? Right, exactly. Um, And so I think if it's true that no witches have actually owned it, um, that could say, I think, more about, like, a tendency to violence than maybe than about, like, a witch's ability to gain ownership. I don't think there's anything stopping a witch from being able to do it, but maybe, like, the desire is less there in women than in men or just the, like, boasting about it. I, I think see that, that it takes a very special type of person in general stereotypically like maybe everyone excluding Dumbledore that we ever see with the Elder Wand is this very particular type of like power hungry mm-hmm. boastful arrogant well and Dumbledore was that you're when yeah he when he like it, talked so. about wanting it yes yeah so I think that's interesting yeah. um contrary to co- popular belief you don't have to kill the owner to win allegiance. We learned that with um, Draco and Snape and all we'll question of that. that later. Yes, we will question that. <laughs> the Elder Wand also decides its own destiny and goes with the most powerful. So even if the one wizard does not like defeat the other, um, the Elder Wand will kind of just like has a mind of its own and like has no allegiance like I was talking about with Elderwood it has no allegiance to any one wizard it's just it's only loyalty is to power um in Fantastic Beasts this is an interesting point that just like came up on the wiki and I was like oh I'd never thought of that um if Grindelwald possessed the wand at the time of Fantastic Beasts 1 which we know he has it at the beginning of 2 which is like when he's captured so like presumably he had it before then um, Newt and Ortina could have been potential and unknowing owners of the Elder Wand at some point because they disarmed and restrained Grindelwald so when he was Graves yeah. um, so they potentially could have won it but I don't know I feel like the Elder Wand would have just like stayed with Grindelwald because they knew he was more powerful yeah that makes sense okay so Super Carlin Brothers <laughs> as we are always citing, has this video that Katie has been talking about probably since I've known her. I don't know when it came out or since when it came out. Um, Called The True Path of the Elder Wand. So I guess I should explain the path of the Elder Wand that Harry... That we see it in the book. That we see in the book. Okay. So basically, we know Dumbledore had it. And this is all... Harry explains this in the final duel with Voldemort that was left out or terribly done in the movies yeah um so harry explains that dumbledore had the elder wand and the power did not go to snape that or the the power of the elder wand the allegiance of the elder wand did not go to snape the night on the astronomy tower as planned it actually went to draco Um, dumbledore had wanted no one to get the elder wand because he planned for snape to, he he planned for Snape to kill him, so he thought that the power of the Elder Wand would die with him. Um, but since Draco was the one that disarmed Dumbledore, Harry posits that the Elder Wand's allegiance went to Draco. Even though Voldemort so, thought that it went to Snape. like Even post. though Voldemort thought that it went to Snape, and that's why Voldemort killed Snape. 
Um, so then at Malfoy Manor, um, after uh, after getting caught by the Snatchers, when <laughs> I was like, how did they get to Malfoy Manor? <laughs> um, Harry wrestles, kind of wrestles with Draco and rips a couple wands out of his hand. So totally non-magical. Um, and at that point, the Elder Wand shape, shift allegiance to Harry. Because even though Draco didn't have the Elder Wand in his possession, the Elder Wand was um, loyal to him at that time. And Harry disarming Draco led to Harry getting ownership of the Elder Wand. So that's why Voldemort never had power of it. That's why it always resisted him. And that's why um, Harry like was able to defeat Voldemort when Voldemort had the Elder Wand. Okay. Did I explain that well? Yes. Um, so, Super Carlin Bros argues that maybe none of that is actually right. Right? But this is all just Harry's guessing, kind of. Yeah, so, like, and this is all based on the fact that, like, Draco... Like, Harry physically ripping Draco's wand yeah. out of his hand somehow got him allegiance, a wand that Draco never actually touched... Like, to right. me, that's, like, not only is that kind of, like, a letdown, like, oh, right. that's how it happened, but it's also kind of, like, wait, what? Right, and I'll talk about that at the end after I talk about my thoughts on this theory. Um, but, so, yeah, the Super Carlin Bros is kind of, like, that's kind of a bullshit thing for to decide the whole fate of the series. Yeah. Um, so... To try and trace the true path of the Elder Wand, we have to think about, like, who do we know has it? At the end, we know that Harry has it because he's able able to perform extraordinary magic with it. And that extraordinary magic is um, repairing his own broken wand, which a normal wand cannot do, no matter how good the wizard. So we know that Harry does have ownership of the Elder Wand at the end of the series. Um, so if Harry didn't get ownership from Draco, then he had to get it from someone else that he defeated. Um... And the only other person that's, like, in contention of ever having the Elder Wand that Harry defeated is Voldemort. So, if Voldemort had that Elder Wand, um, how did he get it? Like, working backwards. Uh, right, thinking backwards. So, Super Carlin Bros proposes that Dumbledore and Grindelwald never had ownership of the wand because Grindelwald did not kill Grigorovich. Um, so this is why, this explains why in Fantastic, or what we might see in the Fantastic, Fantastic Beast series, Grindelwald loses a duel when he has the Elder Wand. He loses because the, the wand was never his. So, um, he loses the duel to Dumbledore, and because the wand wasn't Grindelwald's at that point, it's still, it doesn't go to Dumbledore either. Um, it still belongs to Grigorovich, because we know that Grindelwald didn't kill Grigorovich, he just took it from him. He's like, he came in the window. Yeah. I have a question about this. Why do we think Grindelwald didn't kill Grigorovich? Because, like, he read the Tale of the Three Brothers. In the Tale of the Three Brothers, right. it, like, seems pretty clear, or at least it's heavily implied, that you have to kill the owner right. to have it. So it's like, and if he came in the window and Grigorovich was in there and saw his face. Right. Like, why? Why wouldn't he why just not? kill him? And, like, obviously, know. We, we know that he doesn't really have a problem with killing 
Right. Even though he's maybe the one who doesn't like to do it all the time, but, like, he's okay with people dying. The only thing I can think is, like, maybe he, like, respected Gregorovich too much. Because, like, he is Um, kind of one of those, like, bad guys where it's, like... Gregorovich or Grindelwald? Grindelwald. Yeah. You know, like, he he makes some good points... He's very manipulative. Like, he can he can make himself look like a good guy when he needs to. It's kind of, right. you know what I mean? I could also see him being one of those guys where it's like, no, I respect you. Like, Right. But I just, like, yeah. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Or, like, there was no use in killing him. He didn't need to, so. Yeah, but, like, you know? he did. <laughs> right, right. Um, if we're buying this theory. Right. So, okay, backtracking if Dumbledore and Grindelwald never had it like and Gregorovich had it this whole time how does Voldemort get it Voldemort got it when he was was off seeking the path of the Elder Wand and found out that Gregorovich had it at some point and he went and killed Gregorovich so that like scene that I think Harry sees it like through being a horcrux yeah. yeah um that is when Voldemort gets ownership of the Elder Wand okay so if Voldemort had ownership of the Elder Wand, why was it resisting him, right? Like, that's the whole point of him killing Snape, because he doesn't believe he has ownership because it's resisting him. So the true, even though he was the true owner, he was not worthy of it. Because the Elder Wand is supposed to be, is only really loyal to someone who's capable of conquering death. And actually, at the point that Voldemort gets the Elder Wand, he's mostly dead. He has not conquered death. He has Horcruxes, and, like, I think five of them maybe have been destroyed at this point, or something, like, around then, around that. So, like, a lot of his soul is actually dead. He's actually mostly dead. So, even though the wand truly belonged to him, the wand was never going to serve him correctly or, like, fully because he was not really worthy of it um backtracking a little sorry i'm kind of doing this out of order but the if you tried to like say that um why like dumb of course dumbledore had the elder wand like he performed extraordinary magic with it it didn't resist him we don't know that for sure because we never see him do things that like aren't supposed to be able to be done like repairing the wand we just see him do extraordinary magic but that might just be because he's an extraordinary I mean, like, wizard he, we we have evidence like it's a fact that he was an extraordinary wizard before he had the elder wand right right so okay so because the wand was resisting Voldemort Harry was able to defeat Voldemort in the final duel um even though Voldemort was the true owner because Harry was more powerful and more worthy because he had literally just conquered death which is what you have to do to be worthy of the elder wand um so the elder wand which only knows allegiance to power chose Harry for its owner um in that duel so that's basically their theory it's the elder wand never belonged to Grindelwald Dumbledore uh Draco any of those people it went from Gregorovich to Voldemort to Harry I think that in the context of having this like crimes of Grindelwald and Fantastic Beasts storyline I think that part of the reason why Super Carlin Bros came up with this theory specifically was to explain why how Dumbledore was able to defeat Grindelwald like it mm-hmm. all fit together I don't see any flaws in the logic that we could also argue that 
it went Gregorovich, Grindelwald, Dumbledore, Snape, Voldemort, Harry. Yeah. You and know, it like, just was resisting Voldemort for the same reason yeah, it was yeah. resisting Because, like, I think that, theory. like, yeah. that, because we might find out how and why Dumbledore defeated Grindelwald, and it might not be with this theory, but I could also see right. this th- same theory or the same, like, thought process. Like, I guess it still doesn't fit the thing that, like, you have to kill the person because, like, Grindelwald didn't kill Gregorovich, Dumbledore but didn't kill Grindelwald, came. but it's still, like... Better than but Snape killed Dumbledore, like physically so. grabbing another wand out of somebody's hand, you know, like it's right. still like Grindelwald. You, know, it's it like it fixes at least the Draco problem that I have with it. Okay. No, what are you? So thinking? yeah, I think that the like Fantastic Beast thing. I think it's a good like way to try and explain the Dumbledore Grindelwald thing because I think everybody wants to know the answer to that and i think we'll get it so like this theory could be disproved it could be proven correct um the one thing that kind of i mean theories we can theorize as much as we want um jk has said that she purposely wrote harry ripping the wand from draco because it's kind of supposed to be like ironic and like show the pettiness of it Right, that the fate of the Wizarding World comes down to two teenage boys just, like, wrestling over a wand, and it's not magical. And I do kind of, like, I know that it's, like, kind of lame, but I do kind of like what that, like, says about, like, war in general, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I know I that like it's not, like, some really cool... Yeah. But, like, I like this story better. I also, the one thing I don't like about, like, the the path that Harry gives us is like I don't really care I don't really think Draco is worthy of owning the Elder Wand even though he didn't know he owned it like I don't know I also it's mind blowing to me like did Dumbledore know before he died like fuck my plan didn't work Draco disarmed me right cause like he has to know that you don't if we're buying Harry's explanation, he Dumbledore has to know that you don't actually have to kill the previous owner to gain ownership because we know he yeah. didn't kill Grindelwald and he knows that Grindelwald didn't kill Gregorovich. Right, but he let Draco disarm him, so he probably thought that if you let the person so win... So do we think that if Draco dies. hadn't disarmed Dumbledore and Snape had just killed him, would Dumbledore's plan, like, thought process still be incorrect? Would Snape not be the elder owner and it would just die with Dumbledore? Because to me... Would Dumbledore's thought process be correct? Yeah, like, would him letting Snape kill him not let Snape get ownership of the wand, and the wand would have just died with Dumbledore? No, because I don't think think that's how... I don't think that's how the wand works. I don't think that you have to kill, but I do think that... Like, that's what I don't agree with. Like, I don't think you have to kill, but I do think that the wand is never going to, like, not have allegiance to somebody because it does just have, like, the whole thing we learn is that its allegiance is to power. So, like... It wants power as much as the person who has it generally wants power. Right. A dead wizard isn't the most powerful. So, like, it would, I think, just by default go to... Snape. Like, Snape or whoever you know like maybe the most powerful like person involved in that fight just because i think the the wand kind of like acts with a mind of its own and like it's not going to not have an allegiance to someone because that would not be it like doing its whole point which is like pursuing power yeah i don't know it's just very interesting i like i like the clean cutness 
of you having to kill the owner. I don't like mm. this, oh, disarming is defeating, or I like the idea that you have to kill the previous owner. Mm. I guess, so then that ties into just the last thing for this section, which is um, which e- with each object, there's like a theory that the Deathly Hallows um, instead of making you the master of death, which I will talk about the master of death thing later, but they actually like bring about your death. And the like with the wand, this is probably like the most obvious or one of the more obvious. And it's just that like owning the wand, possessing the wand actually does bring about your death as we see in the tale of the three brothers. And as we see like with everyone that has owned it, like you, you have, like, a pursuing the wand puts a target on your back, right? Um, and really the only person, I mean, besides Harry and, like, Draco, who didn't know, but, like, it brings about so many people's deaths besides, like, Dumbledore, like, you know. Yeah. Like, every owner we know of besides Draco and Harry have died, and most of them have died by murder. If not, actually have all of di- them have. Yeah, but... but but it, the murder didn't. But Dumbledore didn't die because of the wand. Yeah, yeah. But saying. like, but still, all of them died through murder. Right. Whether it was to get the wand or not, Gregorovich, right. the third brother, Voldemort, Snape, and Grindelwald. Does Actually, Voldemort kill Grindelwald? Yes. Or does Grindelwald just die? Like when he's laughing, does he just die? Or does Voldemort get so angry? I always get Grindelwald and Gregorovich mixed up in the movies because they think they look like the people who play them. They look the same. Yeah, they're both just like old crazy. Yeah, Voldemort kills him. Okay. Because he kills Gregor because he kills Grindelwald because he thinks that's him getting the Elder Wand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or like as a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's just trying to trace back. And and Grindelwald knows that like, like the, Voldemort's know. gonna kill him, so yeah. he like doesn't give him. Yeah, Dumbledore's but like, name. but he says something like, "You know, like you know who yeah. it is," and then starts like yeah. laughing or whatever. And Voldemort gets in like a blind rage. Yeah. Okay, so we spent a lot of time okay. talking about the Elder Wand. <laughs> Ooh, less, there will be less time on the yeah next the, two. on the next two. So the next one I'm going to talk about is the Resurrection Stone. So this was given to Cadmus Peveril by death. Like I said earlier, it was like a pebble or a, wa- a rock like from the river. And it gives the holder the ability to call loved ones back from the dead. And I've never thought about this, but in every wording I read, in every sentence where it talked about the ability of the resurrection zone, it always said a loved one back from the dead. Like it never, it never was just like somebody back mm. from the dead or a person back from the dead. It was always a loved one, which I think is very like interesting just because I had like never thought about that before. And, like, every person, I mean, we only see, like, five people come back through the resurrection. Yeah. They're all loved ones. Do you think that you could, like, I guess by the wording, like, you can only call loved ones? So, like, I think so. And I'm going to talk about why later. Okay. I was just going to say, like, like if, if Harry had wanted to call back, like, I don't, like, Snape. Quirrell. Yeah. You know, like, someone really random that he feels no, like, emotion for, he wouldn't have been able to do it. I don't it. think so. And, yeah. again, I have a reason. Okay. So, um, this one is one that, like, we... It's kind of unclear. Like, I'm a little bit confused. So, the stone was kept in, like, the Peveril family. 
And then we do know that the Peverell family at some point changes, like the line goes to the Gaunt family. Like those families are connected. The Gaunts are descendants from the Peverells. So we do know that actually Voldemort is related to Cadmus Peverell. And we know it's through Cadmus specifically because that's how the stone gets there. Because the stone at some point... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, that just means that Voldemort and Harry are related. Correct. Wild. (laughs) When you think about it, probably most wizards and witches are related. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know how magic DNA works, but like... (laughs) Um, So, at some point, the stone was fitted into a ring and I the the thing that I read said this was done like while it was still part of the Peveril family and then this ring was passed down to the Gaunt family and this is the Marvolo ring that we see in the flashback with um Marvolo and Merope Gaunt and Morphin mm-hmm. and then we do know that Voldemort comes back to the Gaunt house steals the ring no he steals it how does he get the ring Ruby sells the ring and he takes it from Borgin and Burke. No, she sells the locket. No, that's locket. He the the ring is Marvolo's and he takes it from him from when him he goes and kills he kill, him. Yeah, when he kills him. There you go. Marvolo then, or Morphin? Morphin. The, I don't I get them confused. No, Morphin was in jail in Azkaban. Is Marvolo the Marvolo is the not the brother. He's the grandfather. Yeah, okay. Morphin. Yeah, I think he takes it from Morphin. I think so, too. Because Voldemort kills Morphin. Marvolo's already dead, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I think Marvolo dies while Morphin is, like, an Azkaban. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, but Morphin, no, Morphin died in Azkaban. (sighs) Marvolo died when Morphin was an Azkaban. But... He died because of Tom. Jesus <laughs> Oh. But Voldemort... Yeah, okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, Tom Riddle takes the ring from Morphin. And Morphin... He doesn't kill Morphin. Morphin dies in Azkaban because he frames Morphin for the murders of... Of the Riddles. The Riddles. Yeah. Correct, yes. Because he say, used Morphin's wand. Yeah, because I was going to say, I know that Tom framed him for a murder, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Um, so yeah. Ooh, and okay. then Tom hides the ring back in the Gaunt house after he makes it a horcrux. Right. And then Vol- Dumbledore finds it, tries to use it. He gets his black poisoned hand, which is killing him. Mm-hmm. Would have killed him if not for Snape and Dumbledore's plan. Yeah. And then he... Get, he leaves the ring to Harry. He gets the ring to Harry. How does Harry end up with the ring? Um, Dumbledore leaves it to him in the snitch. Yes, I was gonna say okay. I knew it was in the wheel. In the will, sorry. Um, I just had. I I'm theorizing here. Okay. Another path of the Elder Wand. Dumbledore was dying by the poison that Voldemort put in the ring. Mm. So did Voldemort really defeat Dumbledore and Voldemort became the owner of the Elder Wand? I like when that. Dumbledore like died that because because Dumbledore Dumbledore he was, was like already that. dying. Yeah. 
And, like, so he was already, like, defeated, and, like, he just let Draco slash Snape, like, finish yeah. him off. So maybe Dumbledore's theorizing was correct. But not really, because Dumbledore thought it would die with him, but he w- he had been dying. Yeah. And so I'm saying that it transferred to Voldemort. Yeah. And then, it, but then it was still, like, the Super Colin Bros resisting Voldemort because Voldemort, yeah. like, wasn't worthy. Yeah. I think that just in general, I think, I don't think that Draco ever owned it. Yeah. But I think that gets around it, right? I think, no, I, yeah, I like that. I like that. I kind of like that. I like that, too. Ooh, okay. Good job, Walker. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say when I was, like, I was raising my hand to say something else and then I thought of that but the other thing I was going to say is just like I really like how they depict the stone in the movies I was going to say I don't oh it's so I think small. it looks cool like, yeah I but I like that it has that. to be like in a ring so I was like always kind of confused and I don't like how it doesn't look like a normal rock like it's like polished and like and mm. more of like a gem but I think I kind of assumed that was something that like the Peverils or the Gaunts yeah. did. Well, because, like, they, they do fit it into a ring, so, like, it makes sense, right. but that's just never how I pictured it before mm, the Interesting. Movie. I, I guess I don't remember how I pictured it before the movies, but I just think it looks really cool. I, like, I, rem- I just remember being disappointed in how it looked because I thought it was going to look like an ordinary stone. Because I specifically remember, like, Harry drops it in the forest. And yeah. he says, like, nobody will ever see it because it, like, is indistinguishable from, like, all the other stones and all the other rocks, like, in yeah, that's the fair. forest. Yeah, I and, don't like, know that it's necessarily not accurate. Rock. Yeah. It's not accurate. I just think it looks cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, my theory is bomb. <laughs> yes. So Harry has the ring post Dumbledore leaving it to him in the snitch so he actually had it for like quite a while before he but he couldn't it. get to it yeah. until the end yeah until until the very end he just had he just has the stone not the ring correct yes it's just the resurrection stone at this point because like Dumbledore destroyed the ring when he destroyed the yeah. horcrux um so yeah that's the path of the resurrection stone most of my thoughts about the resurrection zone are connected to the theory that the hall the hallows all lead to the owner's death and i think that the resurrection zone is really intriguing when you think about this because the two people that we know who use the resurrection zone or the three people that we know who use slash tried to use the resurrection zone Mm. are number one cadmus who uses it and then within some time frame died specifically because of what the resurrection zone did he like realized he could never truly be with his love unless he killed himself and he didn't realize that until he was with this like half like and it almost like she kind of like called him to the other side it was like no like i'll like i'll be so much more happy if you're with me was kind of this like half like sad version of herself and like i think it was implied that like she kind of like coaxed him like no i'll be happy yeah definitely with me like we can be happy like i'll be happy again so that happens then dumbledore tries to use it and it legitimately like leads to his death like we death like we just talked about it gives him the poison or whatever in his hand that would have slash should have killed him Harry then uses it and literally within minutes dies. Yeah. Within minutes. It like he's going to go to his death and it just like encourages him a little bit further. It's like it's quicker and easier than falling asleep, like calms him down, like 
let's do this thing. Right. You got this. He's right. like very encouraging. Not that he that. would have backed out without it, but it just like gets him there. Yeah. And so I think that that, like, the Elder Wand is maybe, like, a little bit more practical. Like, oh, it leads you to your death because, like, it incites violence, you know? But yeah. this is more, like, trickery. It's, like, yeah. when it's, like, giving you this false sense of, like, oh, yes, I get to be with my loved ones again. But then it's just reminding you that you cannot be with them unless you die. Right. I really like this theory, and the reason I like the theory that the Hallows lead to death is, like, basically because of the Resurrection Zone explanation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I like that one. That's the most creative explanation. Or, I guess, Invisibility Cloak is creative, but... Yeah. Um, I do have another note here, but I just typed the same exact note somewhere else in this, so I'm not... Gonna oh, yeah, you should... Yeah, yeah. I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I typed right. this before the other one. Yeah, that's the Resurrection Stone. Onto the Cloak of Invisibility. So, this was given to Ignatius Peveril um, by Death himself, and it was Death's own cloak. So, it's supposed to be the only invisibility cloak that, like, would not fade with age. There are other invisibility cloaks that have been made in the magical world, but this is the only, like, real powerful one. It's also Um, the only one that, like can resist magic like it, yeah. it, it can't I mean, be summoned yeah. you can't see it on the marauders map and moody yeah. can't no moody can't see through never mind sorry <laughs> yep i'm gonna get there <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's okay um so this is the only hallow that is like successfully passed down within a family the whole time um so harry is a, a descendant of the peverils on the potter side and it was passed down um on through like past the series because um we see harry give it to james jr actually the resurrection stone stayed with family the whole time no but then dumbledore took it i mean through the series dumbledore had it but like it wasn't passed down to him no but like gave it to him everybody else was given it yeah, but it was, there was, like, the invisibility cloak is the only one that remains to be passed down in the family. The resurrection stone ends up outside of the family. Well, I mean, Harry's part of the family, and he's the one who ends No, but, up like, it, it doesn't stay within the Peveril line the whole time. It doesn't stay with direct descendants of Cadmus. I mean, I guess, but I think I could also make the argument that, like, Dumbledore stole it and, like, disrupted the line. And then it came right, back. but that's what I'm saying is that the invisibility cloak is the only one that... Oh, you mean Dumbledore stealing the invisibility cloak? Or well, the, I mean, Dumbledore also had the invisibility cloak for at least some time. Like, he never owned it, but yeah. he had it. Like, but it was, like, I don't like think he ever owned him. the Resurrection Stone. I don't either. think he... He had it in his possession. I think he owned it. How long did he have it in his possession for? The Resurrection Stone? Yeah. A year. Less than a year. Because it was summer to May. At least. Okay. To June. It was uh, almost right, a year. it was June. It was, like, at least 10 months. I guess. It depends on whether, you, I'm count, saying, it depends on whether you count keeping it in a desk or a possession. And, and like... Using it. Well, yeah. But, and, like, it gets... 
like by the end of the series it is no longer in the family right it's just like cast aside in the forest true i'm yeah. saying the cloak of invisibility is yeah. like carried right, through right. direct descendants yeah um <laughs> ignatius's ignatius's son had no sons of his own so it was passed to his daughter eolanth eolanth um, who married Hardwin Potter, and that's how it, like, entered the Potter family. So it, oh, wow. it's in the Potter family by name, but it's still direct descendants of the Peveril, of Ignatius Peveril. But it's mostly in the Potter line. Yeah. Like, name anyways. Like, it was only in the yeah. Peveril family for three generations, and then it was in the Potter family, who was, like, the Peveril family, but, like... Right. It's still a direct descendant, because yeah. it's not like it went to, like, a cousin or something, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, so... James showed the cloak to James Potter showed the cloak to Dumbledore when him and Lily were in hiding and Dumbledore like asked to borrow it because he was interested um right like we know that the Deathly Hallows were something that he was pursuing or had been interested in as a kid so Dumbledore gave the cloak to Harry for his first Christmas at Hogwarts and told him to quote use it well so Dumbledore had it like during that time but it was like Harry's possession he just couldn't give it to Harry because Harry was like didn't know what magic was So, I just think it's... First, I would love to know, like, what Dumbledore used the cloak for all those years. Like, I'm sure... you think he used it? I think he used it just because, like, just because it was a hallow, you know? I feel like... Not like he had a need for it, but I think just, like, he wanted to use it. I feel like he would have used it, like, once. And then, like, Mm. was like, that's enough. Because, like, he talks about how, like, that's what he wanted to do with the stone. Like, he just wanted to see them once. Like, granted, like, whether he would have been able to, like, keep that self-control is, like, up in the air. Right. Right. Um, Also, I think it's really funny that the headmaster of a school gave an 11-year-old, like, an invisibility cloak and basically told him to use it for mischief. Yeah. Like, Like, he had um, to have known that's what Harry's going to do. Like, that's what James did. Like, he, I bet you when he saw that, he was like, that's how, that's how they did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, also the animagus thing, but yeah. I feel like he knew about that though. You think so? Well, no, because I guess he didn't know that Sirius was. He animagus didn't because the Sirius Peter thing. Yeah. Wait, but then never mind. This is a different topic. Different, different thing. Okay, uh, we're already go- going long. I know. So then Harry, like I said, gives it to his son James before his sixth year at Hogwarts. So we see it like continue to be passed down. I wonder why Harry waited uh, that long. I don't know. He, like, he probably got it was his like, first year. like, why not? Like, knew what he was up to. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't think it, I don't think James had it all along. I think James got it like when, like towards the end of his Hogwarts too. I can. I don't see know. That. You know. Eh, like hair is an orphan, years, so we so got like, it that's earlier. Only, like two years with it in Hogwarts. Yeah. I guess. Because then it's like, what? What the fuck am I going to use an invisibility cloak for? Like when I'm not. Like, when I don't have to stay in bed at a certain... Like, when I can't roam the quarters. You know what I mean? It's like, if I have my own house, why would I need an invisibility cloak? Like, yeah, I feel like, like it's so much more useful. Think of all the other things that they do. Yeah, that was a time of war, I guess. I don't know. I think it's useful. You can spy on people. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, then... Um, the, the invisibility, invisibility cloak is resistant to jinxes, hexes, and other spells which would normally dam- damage or otherwise render an invisibility cloak ineffective, like one of the non-hallow invisibility cloaks. 
The cloak itself resists spell damage, um, but it does not shield the wearer from spells used against them personally. So, like, Harry is still able to be immobilized on the astronomy tower um, when he's wearing the cloak. So, it's not like a shield, but, like, it does protect itself. And it renders the wearer invisible only from optical, like, methods of optical sight. So, methods that don't use optical sight, like Moody's eye... Um, Dementors, which sense souls, and the Hominum Revelio spell, which is like human, like reveal the human spell that Dumbledore uses non-verbally, according to JK, um, to like see Harry in the invisibility cloak. The Marauder's Map is not optical sight, and Dark Detectors are not optical sight as well. So like, that's the flaw of the invisibility cloak, is like you, it's not invincible to everything. It's not, it doesn't make everything unable to see you so that's why moody can see um even though we don't know exactly how moody's eye works but so then where this fits into like the theory of the hallows leading to death is kind of like i guess i i like buy this but like not fully it kind of stretch yeah so it it leads you to live kind of like a halfless or a half-life so um like a lifeless life because of the like constantly under the invisibility cloak like dodging death and i think this makes sense in like the tale of the three brothers context but like not in the way that we see harry use the invisibility cloak because like actually the invisibility cloak keeps him alive and like improves his life because he gets to like run around doing all these things yeah it's definitely the one that is like the biggest stretch but i could also see like how it could lead somebody to live that kind of like half life. Yeah. Like I could like Harry isn't the type of person that would do that. But like I could see like if somebody who was like maybe a little bit more like scared of things and like more like nervous and not as reckless as Harry, it could be like this like comfort zone that they would never leave. Right. But yeah. I just think that theory is like so interesting. I know it is. Um so next I'm going to talk about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. I didn't, like, have a huge amount of things to talk about in this section, so hopefully I can move through it pretty quickly. So Dumbledore and Grindelwald met the summer before, the summer after Dumbledore's last year at Hogwarts. Yeah. But Grindelwald never finished Durmstrang because he was kicked out, which is why he was sent to live with his aunt, Bethelda. So they connected through their, like, mutual intelligence because, like, both of them had this very, like, superior air about them where they, like, didn't think that anybody else was, like, good enough for them. But they, like, found their match in each other. And they both also had this, like, very great ambition to, like, change the world and, like, run the world and, like, be powerful. And so they, like, connected on this as well. They became fascinated with Deathly Hollows. I kind of, like, tried to remember and, like, looked into this just a little bit about how the Deathly Hallows came up. Like, did Grindelwald come in kind of already having this theory? Like, how did they come to think that the Deathly Hallows were real and not just, like, a children's story? I think that Grindelwald, I mean, Dumbledore may have, like, believed it on his own, like, because we know he did a lot of reading, but doesn't. Grindelwald, I mean, like, Crum, used the symbol Crum. in school. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, Crumb talks about Grindelwald using the symbol, so I think Grindelwald already knew about them and, like, was interested in them. Yeah, it's very interesting to me how, like, somebody makes that leap, though. 
from yeah. like thinking it's a children's but I story think to like believing it's real. There were probably like niches of people oh, that yeah. like believed it was real, you know. Like so like he might have been exposed to that. Like I don't think he like came up with it on his own. Yeah, no, for sure. So they became convinced that the houses were real. And they spent days, like, planning their missions to, like, try and find them all, to track them down. At the same time, they were making these plans to, like, lead the wizarding world into a new age where they didn't have to, like, worry about muggle suppression. For the greater good. Yeah, for the greater good. They were... That's... It's never super clear what their exact plans were, and I don't think that they, like, really even had concrete plans. Like, I think Dumbledore had an idea, and I think Grindelwald had an idea, and I think they were just like, oh, wizards have to be in power like for the greater good but like i think dumbledore and grindelwald's way of having that happen were different yeah they weren't the same idea grindelwald was like Like, persecution of muggles was the same right at this moment in time for dumbledore and grindelwald but like grindelwald wanted to do it by like killing people yeah and i think dumbledore just yeah i don't think think dumbledore was like still in this like arrogant power hungry phase where he's like wizards are better like we should be the ones in charge like we are the superior race kind right, of right but not as like a massacre genocide no thing. more of a like we deserve to be in power and just like we can like they don't deserve to like be in power over us kind of thing um this was just like at the same time as they were doing their deathly hallow stuff so dumbledore spoke about how he wanted the stone because he wanted to like he wanted to get, like, confirmation. I think this was, like, a very selfish... Like, at this point, it was more of a selfish thing. Like, he wanted to see his family and be like, I'm sorry, so, like, he could move on. And they could kind of be like, don't worry about, like, it's not your fault. Like, I think mm-hmm. he needed that from his family. Them to literally just, like, say, like, Kendra, his mother and sister, to be like, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. So then he mm-hmm. could move on. And he never got that. He, like, carried this guilt throughout his entire life. And he spoke about how Grindelwald, like, he thought Grindelwald was only interested in the Resurrection Stone because he wanted to use it to build an army of Inferi. And Grindelwald was really after the Elder Wand. Dumbledore was really after the Resurrection Stone. And I think there's even a quote that Dumbledore says. He's like, honestly, neither of us really gave much thought to the Cloak of Invisibility. We saw it as, like, completing the collection. Because they believed that if they held all three of them, they would be master of death. And I think at that point, it's either implied or it's said that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were under the impression that master of death meant invincible. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that. Um, At this point, at least. So, So, we do know that Dumbledore kind of gave up on this, or at least didn't actively search for any of these hallows for a little bit. Grindelwald never gave up on looking for the Elder Wand, at least. Because we do know that he obviously tracked down Grigorovich and took the wand from him. And may or may not have become the master of the Elder Wand at that point in time. But both Dumbledore and Grindelwald were attracted to the idea of becoming master of death. And I think that, again, it was for different reasons. I think end goals were the same for them, but they don't. I think that the routes and the reasons were different. I think, Dumbledore, I think the end goals were different, too. Like, they were saying it was the same thing, but yeah. they were had like, a Like, in reality, like, on paper, they were the same, but, like, in practice, they would have been different. Yeah. Um, Dumbledore, I think, wanted to become Master of Death because death was always this, like, thing that kind of, like, loomed over him. And I think that if he, like, felt that power over death, he would have been, like, he, like, would have felt more whole. 
Like, do you mm-hmm. kind of get what I'm saying? Like, death had been this thing that, like, had taken so much from him and, like, caused him so much pain and, like, caused well, him so much guilt. At that point, it hadn't taken Ariana. Yeah, but it's still taken his, like, mother. Yeah. Um, That, like, he kind of wanted to, like, get power over this thing. Yeah, that makes sense. And but I, I think he was just an ambitious person. Yeah, I was going to say it also feeds into, like, him being power hungry. And I think Grinewald wanted it because it... He was power hungry, but I think, like, also motivating it was, like, greediness and more, like, mm. nobody will ever be able to kill me. Like, I'll be the... Yeah. It was more of, like, nobody will ever Dominance. be able to kill me. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I can keep killing people. So, yeah. I mean, that's, like, kind of what I have on the Dumbledore Grindelwald thing. Yeah. Just because, like... We are. I think that's all, know, really like, all there is to say. Yeah, like we know, like kind of so little about their relationship, and like the relationship was also like very short, like in person right. relationship. Right. But yeah. And hopefully, we'll be learning more. Um. Okay. So yeah, now I guess I'm gonna talk about like what it actually means to be the master of death, because um, a lot of people have questions on this. Um. And hopefully, I don't know, we've talked about this before on the podcast and like, I don't know, I just think it's an interesting thing um, because it comes up in that King's Cross chapter of Deathly Hallows, which just has so much packed into it. And King's I think Cross might like, be like the single best chapter in the series. Yeah. Like every time you read it, like you learn something new and it like touches on some other aspect of the series. Um, so... The person that unites all three hallows is supposed to be, quote, the master of death. That's part of the legend. And Dumbledore says in the King's Cross, King's Cross chapter that him and Grindelwald, quote, took that to mean invincible. Um, but then he says that they weren't really invincible. Um, like, look what happened to them, even though they didn't get the things. Like, he's talking about, like, we took that to mean invincible, not that meant invincible. Yeah. Um, and he seems to imply that the Hallows together don't make you invincible. It's just part of the legend. Yeah. Um, and, like, the ambiguity of the name Master of Death. So Dumbledore says that he was unworthy to unite all the Hallows and that a man in a million could do it. Um, so because Dumbledore did, at different points, he had all three of the Hallows. And, like, during Harry's sixth year, he had the stone, he had the wand, and, like, he could have gotten the cloak he could have asked um, Harry. right but he claims to be un that he was unworthy and a man in a million could do it and he implies that harry is that man in a million so he says to harry um and this is a direct quote you are the ma- true master of death because the true master does not seek to run away from death he accepts that he must die and understands that there are far far worse things in in the living world than dying so basically Harry is, like, the only true master of death. Um, yes, it comes with him having all three of the Hallows, but it's not, like, in the meaning of him being invincible. It's the fact that he was able to, like, face death and bravely and not... Um, and realize that, like, there were worse things in the world than dying. So some people, like, the where a lot of the confusion, I think, about the master of death comes in is that... People think that, like, you could argue that Harry being master of death is what allowed him to come back um, after Voldemort, quote, killed him. But 
the real reason is, of course, Lily's protection and Harry's blood in Voldemort. So when Harry's blood carrying Lily's protection was um, added to Voldemort in his resurrection, it tethered Harry to life externally, just like a Horcrux would. So when Voldemort killed him, um, there was still something like on the this life side pulling Harry back. So that's the real reason that Harry was able to come back. It's not that he was master of death, um, even though he did have like ownership technically of all three Hallows at that time. That's not what made him invincible. Um, when you are the master of death, you can defeat others who want you to die with the wand. Um, you can contact dead people with the stone and you can hide from death with the cloak. And that makes you not fear death, so you can face it. Um, it's not that it makes you invisible. It just means that, like, you have all these objects that help you, like, evade death and talk to people that are dead and hide from death that, like, you then are not afraid of it and you can face it as, like, the old friend kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, basically the takeaway is just, like, master of death does not equal immortal. It just means that you accept that you have to die. And I think one of the, like, bigger themes of this and, like, the whole Potter series is that, like, no one can really reach that immortality. So, like, everything that we see to try and make you immortal is flawed. So, like, if, if people think that the master of death makes you, like, immortal or invincible, like, it doesn't. Um... And there's the whole theory with the Hallows, right? And then the Horcruxes obviously don't work out for Voldemort. He's never actually immortal. Like, really, he's just, like, mostly dead but still alive. Yeah. And then the um, Philosopher's Stone, like, at some point that's going to fail you. Yeah. With, like it does with and Nicholas And even with Fulman. ghosts, they talk about how it's, like, Right, ghosts too, yeah. Yeah. So I think kind of, like... I mean, certainly of the seventh book, but kind of just of the whole series, it's, like, understanding that, like, death is a part of life and not, like, the worst part of life and, like, you can't evade it. Yeah. I forever. Like that. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, lastly, I'm going to talk about this theory that I've seen, like, multiple places and is another theory that I, like, really like and really enjoy yeah. and think is really cool. I love this one. And... I do think that JK has actually addressed this theory and like people headlines are like JK confirms this theory but I I didn't I'm pretty sure it's just like she tweeted like she replied to like some article about it and was like that's interesting or like that's yeah. really cool it wasn't like that's yeah. true but all the headlines it wasn't like I intended for that to be yeah. the case yeah it was just kind of like oh that's intriguing like along those lines so the theory is that Throughout this series, um, Dumbledore mirrors death. Snape mirrors Cadmus, the second brother. Harry mirrors Ignatius, the third brother. And Voldemort mirrors um, Antioch, the first brother. Did I see the first brother for Harry? I meant to say the third, if I did. I did Harry's that out of Ignatius, order and I confused myself. Yeah. <laughs> Voldemort is Antioch, the eldest. Yes. Snape is Cadmus, the second. the second, and Harry is Harry third, is and Ignatius. Yes. So I'm going to go through go. this with, my order is going to be Dumbledore, Voldemort, Snape, Harry. So I'm going to talk about how Dumbledore came here to death. Number one, Dumbledore is the one who gives Harry the invisibility cloak, just like death gave Ignatius the invisibility cloak. Dumbledore is the one who quote-unquote gave Voldemort the Elder Wand, even though, like, Voldemort took it from him. Like, it was in mm. Voldemort's hand. It was in Dumbledore's hand, and it got, it went to Voldemort's hand. Yeah. 
just like death gave the eldest brother the elder wand right and then dumbledore was the one who gave the ring to harry through his will again Mm -hmm. like death passing along these hallows i know that that doesn't like fit with snape but like snape never actually possesses the ring or the resurrection stone at any time um so i think that's interesting also dumbledore throughout his life possessed had all three yeah not at the same time but he had possessed all three separately and all of those things like we see all three we see snape voldemort and harry all die throughout the series Mm -hmm. so it gets better from here, don't worry. So Voldemort, as the first brother, mirrors him because he's power-hungry, he's braggadocious, and only interested in defeating death and, like, conquering death through violence, basically. So, like, Voldemort and the first brother are very similar. Like, they want to defeat death through this kind of, like, brute force manner. Like, I just want to be able to defeat anybody else kind of thing and, like, stay alive that way. Rather than, like, the route this other two brothers take. So I think that mm-hmm. one is, like, pretty clear. Like, they both want it, like, for power and reasons. They're both arrogant. They're both, like like I said, like, braggadocious about the wand. And use right. it for violence. Or we assume the first brother would have used it for violence if he didn't die fucking right away. Snape, as the second brother, I think is also a really clear comparison They're both people who are madly in love with a woman who has passed away. Um, Snape then dedicates his life to this dead woman and kind of lives this half-life until she, like, calls him back, basically. Um, He lives his whole life, like, serving her, and it makes him live this kind of half-life. Like, he never does what he wanted to do. Like, he, post-Lily dying, he does everything to, like, help Harry and, like, honor her memory. He, like, ceases living his own life, basically, and starts to live this, like, half-life where he's only living for Lily's memory or whatever. I like what you wrote. Like, he dies because of his devotion to her and only caring about her. Like, he wouldn't have died the way he did. I mean, he wouldn't have lived the way he did, but also, like, if he was fully... If he didn't love Lily or wasn't obsessed with Lily, um, he wouldn't have, like, betrayed Voldemort at any point, so he wouldn't have died at Voldemort's hands. Yeah, for sure. I think that that is also, like... I really like that comparison, and I do think that kind of, like, his death he saw as, like going back to Lily like and I think we see that yeah. in that moment where he's like Harry open your eyes because like he wants her to be like the last thing he sees yeah also I know that like Snape never has the stone right we were talking about like Dumbledore giving things um but like Dumbledore as death kind of gave Snape his like connection to Lily and like the half-life that he was gonna think gonna be able to live by saying like I'll protect Lily if you, like, now serve me. He's also the one who was like, all right, Lily died. This is how you now have to live your life and honor her. Right, and, like, Snape, the way that the second brother was, like, kind of, like, a slave to death and his fiancé, Snape was, like, kind of a slave to, like, Dumbledore and the dead Lily. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. I like that a lot. And then... People have been, there's, like, we talked about how Voldemort was actually related to the second brother, but, like, he more closely mirrors the first brother. 
Right. But Harry marrying the third brother does work. So there's somebody who both they like use invisibility cloak in life, but when they're ready to take it off, quote unquote, we know that they're not wearing it the whole time, but like when they're ready to take it off, they greet death as an old friend. Right. And who the fuck is Harry's old friend that he greets when he dies in King's Cross? I'd say Dumbledore. That's Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. So I like I think that like I love that like last point of like Harry Green death as an old friend and then literally the manifestation he sees Dumbledore right when he dies, like as he yeah. dies. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, and just the parallels of, like, the third brother and Harry both willingly dying. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I think it it fits really well. I I really like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think that also in King's Cross, Dumbledore and Death kind of, like, giving her the option of, like, doing what he wants is kind of that, like, Mm -hmm. respect where it's, like, you are the true master of death like I recognize that as death and like you can now decide you know what I mean yeah yeah I like it a lot hi my name is Larry and I'm a Slytherin my name is Justin and I'm a Slytherin and together we host the Here's Johnny podcast where we take a look at horror movies TV shows oh and games we also have had amazing guests on the show that are directors producers and don't forget writers twitch streamers and other podcasters yeah and you can also check out our show every Monday just search Here's Johnny podcast in your podcast app of choice and you can always follow us on Twitter at Here's Johnny cast we are sure you will find an episode you will love maybe just like Ollivander's wands an episode will pick you For our pop quiz question today, I think we've actually already answered this question, but we're going to talk about it again. Oh, what? Like as a pop quiz? I don't know if it was as a pop quiz or not, but I think we've already answered this question. Okay. Well, well you can just ask it. It's fine. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I agree. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember if it was for a pop quiz or not. It wasn't for the Tales Be the Bard, was it? We wouldn't no, have done I don't that. think so. Anyways. Which hallow would you want to own? Okay. I, like, have always thought that the answer to this question is so obvious. Like, the invisibility cloak. Because the whole point of the fable, right? The Tales of Viva Labar, the whole point is to show that the first two are highly yeah. flawed objects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, for me... I would pick the resurrection stone and I think it's mostly just like because of like process of elimination like Mm. to me being invisible like really has no appeal to me like when you take like buzzfeed quizzes or it's like what superpower do you want like invisibility is always one of them and I'm always like no that's dumb I mean I think there are better superpowers but I think that being invisible would be kind of cool see I just like I've never like felt the appeal of it like I have no need I don't know yeah. like I can't think of a time in my life where a situation would have been met, made better if I wasn't visible yeah I mean I guess I don't know I feel like I, I always think of this question in like the context of like if I was in Harry Potter 
Yeah, I guess. Like, I could see that as well. And, like, the want is, like, obviously the wrong answer. Right. Um, and, like, it's, it's, like, the answer that, like, on paper is wrong, but, like, Dumbledore uses it correctly, so I could also make the argument, like, yeah, you well, I would use it, use it like Dumbledore. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I think the Resurrection Stone, if used, quote-unquote, properly and not by somebody who, like is like super emotional Addictive. about death yeah or like maybe just like not right after somebody dies and like you only know? using it like once or twice yeah yeah i like i would enjoy that just because there's like i, I mean just like most people on this like earth like there's people that i really care about who are not dead and if they die yeah. like i would really miss them yeah um Okay, I wanted to, like, bring this up. I, like, put this question here because it's kind of the obvious pop question for us to ask. Yeah. But I also wanted to use it to talk about the trio's responses to mm-hmm. this question. All um, of them are right away. They know. All of them know right away. And, and they they're so spot the on in their character. Being the obvious answer. Right. And they're so spot on with their character. So, mm-hmm. um, Harry, or I'll start, Ron chooses the Elder Wand. Um, and that makes so much sense. Like, as the youngest son, like, he's always trying to prove himself. Like, he's second. I mean, we see this in all his insecurities with the Horcrux. Like, he's second um, to all of his brothers. He's second to Harry. Like, he's always been the sidekick. And, like, him being power hungry really makes a lot of sense because of that, like, glory that he would get with the... He thinks he would get with the wand. Um, is just, like, it fits into what... like his whole character is built around around like desiring harry says the resurrection stone which like okay he's an orphan he's at this point like he's lost his parents he's lost sirius he's lost dumbledore cedric like so many people have died and died for him or like died like kind of as a result of things that like he's been involved in so like it's really obvious like he's constantly affected by the deaths of people because like his whole like origin story is his parents dying yeah um and then hermione saying the cloak of invisibility um it's the obvious choice and like or not the obvious choice i'm saying it's the obvious choice it's like the logical choice right because if you conclude from the story like that's the one that is supposed to be like not highly flawed um and hermione's like a highly logical person um were there other reasons for hermione i feel like i've read like so many different things about this i think it's like mostly because it's like the logical thing i also feel like hermione has like a very loose connection with death at this point like yes she has no reason yeah so like she has no reason to really fear death which would, like, right. lead to choose the wand. And she has no reason to, like, want to see people who have died. Yeah. That we know of, at least. Yeah. Um. Oh, also, yeah. I mean, like, it just being, like, logical and not, like, the emotional choice at all. Right? Like, what you were saying. Like, she yeah. doesn't really have a reason to fear death. Like, she doesn't have a desire for power. Like, it's just, like, kind of, like, the thoughtful like smart well thought out answer yeah sorry i was reading the work you know um yeah i think that 
it's very interesting that all three of them not only like knew exactly what they were going to choose but like they all saw it as like the right answer yeah and they say it they all say it at the same time and they yeah. all chose like different things like, and, it and they're reflects. all shocked that like somebody, right. somebody would say something other than what they said right and, and like, it like totally reflects who they are and no, i think it's a really cool part of like i just like that part of the book yes oh it's my turn <laughs> Um, all right so you can find us on nope nope that's my part what are you Um, doing you can download our episodes every other tuesday we are available we are on every podcasting platform you can think of um apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify any of the above And make sure that you leave a rating and a review. Yes. Um, You can follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. You can also email us at wizardstudiespodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all rock. Thank you.